0: We've been going through the the Psalms. Uh, I used part of Psalm 95 as we began the pastoral prayer just then. This is a great set of Psalms from 92 to 100, particularly dealing with Jesus being king. And Psalm 97 is one of those, and it specifically says that. Uh, In fact, it starts out that way. The Lord reigns. Yahweh Malach, uh, our our friend Palmer Robertson would want us to try to remember these psalms that way. Uh, to, to say God, the, the Lord is King, is a great way to remember them. Yahweh Malach Melek, M e l e k is the word for King. Uh, Malach is the word for what the King does. He he rules. He reigns. And so Jehovah. Rains. And there are songs about that. We can, we can sing psalm, songs based on psalms, uh, like Psalm 97 and its neighboring psalms. It's a beautiful psalm. Uh, it has, it's a fairly simple psalm. It has sort of two sides to its message. Uh, and it reflects a message that goes all the way from Genesis to Revelation. And hopefully we'll get sort of a taste of that this morning. Let's stand as I read Psalm 97. If it is appropriate for you to stand, let's stand together and I'll read God's Word. Psalm 97. Hear God's Word, His his infallible, uh, inerrant, holy, inspired Word. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many islands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness surround Him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and burns up his adversaries round about. His lightnings lit up the world. The earth saw and trembled. The mountains melted like wax at the presence of the Lord at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The heavens declare His righteousness, and all the peoples have seen His glory. Let those be ashamed who serve graven images, who boast themselves of idols. Worship Him, all you gods. Zion heard this and was glad, and the daughters of Judah have rejoiced because of your judgments, O Lord. For you are the Lord Most High over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods who preserves the souls of his godly ones. He delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Light is sown like seed for the righteous. And gladness for the upright in heart. Be glad in the Lord, you righteous ones. And give thanks to his holy name. Heavenly Father, we desire to be glad. We desire to rejoice. We desire to give you thanks. And to recognize that your presence is severe. And loving. And strong and righteous and powerful. And sweet. And gentle. Like the gentle blowing of of the wind, of a breeze. Father, we have asked you to meet with us, and we rejoice in the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. In Christ's name, amen. Please be seated. Rejoice and be glad. If you have the outline there, you, you, you may have the, uh, the coloring page there. I've uh, found this particular artist that I appreciate. Uh, And we we send him a couple of dollars. That was his suggestion uh, when we use something from his blog spot. Uh, uh, This is not from I mean his his uh, coloring page. There is not strictly or particularly from Psalm 97, but it is from this theme, as in Psalm 118. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And as you may have noticed, as we went through Psalm ninety-seven, you in the first section, which is the first six verses, it says the the first verse: "The Lord reigns; let the earth rejoice; let the many islands be glad." So it's rejoice and be glad. And then you skip over the central um, sort of pointed verse of verse seven to the second section. Uh, and that second section starts out with glad and rejoice, and the psalmist reverses the order of the words. So verse one has rejoice and be glad, and verse eight has be glad and rejoice. So are uh, glad and rejoice. So um, this is this is a theme for us from Psalm ninety-seven and many other places in Scripture, but particularly from Psalm ninety-seven. There there are two. Part, two main parts and and I would say the first main part the first six verses are describing that this is God's world that that the whole earth is God's world and there there are responses to that appropriate responses and inappropriate responses to that this the second main section you skip verse 7 and you go to 8 through 12 and you find Um, that this is about us, about God's people, about Zion, which is representative of Old Testament God's people, but also it really is representative of us, the New Testament people of God. And then in the middle it has those who don't agree with this program, who don't rejoice that God is king, who rebel. Who would choose idols over God? And that's in that's in verse 7. And I'm calling that the anti-God holdouts. So we'll move through uh, verse, verses 1 through 6. And then the latter section of verses 8 through 12. And then end up with verse 7, Lord willing. Let's go over verses 1 through 6 again. The Lord reigns. So there's Yahweh Malach. The Lord reigns. Uh, uh, Palmer suggests that it's that it, this group of God reigns or Jehovah reigns. It goes from 92 through 100, and 92 doesn't literally say it, and 100 doesn't literally say it, but it's still the same theme. And I, I agree with him; it's a good, good way to to understand it. And in Book Four, where we are, the the psalmist, the the, the psalms that have been gathered together here in Book Four, are are. Are expressing the settled understanding of Israel, that God rules not just over Israel, but that He rules over the whole world, and that the king, like David and like Solomon, and, and like particularly the good kings, like Hezekiah and Josiah, who were descended from David. They, they would reign over certain, a certain portion of the world, a pretty small portion of the world, but that there would come a king descended from David who would reign over the world. So when the old Jewish commentators, before Jesus came as they studied these passages, they knew there was a Messiah coming. They knew he would be called, as Matthew starts out saying right at the beginning of his gospel, Jesus, the son of David. They knew he was going to be the son of David as well as the son of God. And he was going to rule over the world. They knew this was about something that was different from anything that would occur before the coming of the messiah the lord reigns the first first words there let the not just let israel but let the earth rejoice let the many islands be glad now how many islands did israel own <laughs> there may have been some off the coast there i don't know much but this, this isn't talking this is talking about going out into the mediterranean going out into the world this is this is going uh, to you know, to Indonesia. This is going to the islands everywhere. This is the world, part of the world the writers of the Psalms did not know about. Let the earth rejoice; let the many islands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. And so we're rejoicing, and yet we're we're welcoming a God into our presence. Who is the very essence of righteousness and justice? And we're sinners. This this is a we are we we should come every time in awe. Every time you sit down to open the Bible and have your devotions at home, every time you pray over a meal, you need to you need to realize that when you invite God into your this part of your life, that you are inviting God and the foundation of his his. His throne is righteousness and justice. Now there's the mercy seat too, of course. But you need to understand that he is righteous and he is just. And fire goes before him, verse three, and it burns up his adversaries round about. His lightnings lit up the world. The earth saw and trembled. How does how does the, 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 the inanimate world respond to the presence of the Lord the mountains melted like wax at the presence of the Lord and then this major statement the presence of the Lord of the whole earth so we are talking about the king of all the heavens declares righteousness and all the peoples have seen his glory so at the first time in verse 5 there at the presence of the Lord you may be able to tell this from your Bible if that's all small caps, then that is the Lord, that's Jehovah, and then at the presence of the Lord, the second one of, of a whole earth, that is Adonai or Adon, which becomes Adonai. So, so th- think back, so the Psalms are, are like, a, uh, like a barbell. Uh, They connect the Old Testament and they connect the New Testament. This theme of God being gracious and glorious all at the same time, His being forgiving and loving and sweet and kind and gentle, and His being the Lord of glory and the Lord who destroys His adversaries by fire that goes before Him. Both of these things, this theme goes all the way through. Think, Think back with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve were told don't eat of the tree. If you eat of the tree, that day, you're dead. They ate of the tree, and they did not die that day. The Lord was merciful and gracious, but they were cursed. And so at the same time, he was, was, how gentle was he? How did he approach Adam? He he could have done lots of things. He, He just walks through the garden in the cool of the day and and asks where Adam is, that is gentle for Almighty God. <laughs> but he also, he curses them, gives them the promise of Jesus in the middle of it, Genesis 3.15, but he, he moves them out of that wonderful garden, and he puts cherubim there, these mighty beings, somewhat like angels, but they have these great swords and so there's justice, and nobody's going to get back into that garden until the door comes. And that door, according to John 10, his name is Jesus. But up until then, it's righteousness, and it's justice, and, 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 and we humans don't belong there unless we have somebody to lead us back in. Think about the flood. God was so gracious to all the animals, so gentle to 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 Noah and to his wife and to anybody who would listen to Noah preaching for at least 100 years, maybe 150 years, maybe 500 years, or according to how long he'd been preaching, been building the ark, 100 years or so. But they could have gone in. They could have been just... But once the door is shut, then there's the righteousness and justice of God and everybody else. They're all destroyed. Tower of Babel justice of God. Abraham and Isaac. Isaac is set free. Isaac who carried the wood. Isaac who was a young strapping man and his, his daddy was really, really old. And he, he let him lay him there on the altar. But he was set free. That's, that's grace. That's mercy. But the ram got it. The ram was killed. That's justice and that's righteousness. The Passover we have, we, in the R and R Saturday, we have a picture of a, of a daddy, uh, a, 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 sort of a sketch of a daddy with, with blood in, in a bowl, and a, you know, his, his daughter has the blood, and he's putting the, 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 the blood on the lintel and the doorposts of their house, so that the angel of death would pass over their house because of seeing the blood. It was there, and how wonderful that was to bring all the children and the lamb in on the 10th day, but, but then the lamb has to be killed on the 14th day. And if the lamb's not there, then it's the oldest child, oldest son in the household that didn't have the blood. So there's, there's gentleness, and there's mercy, and there's joy, and there's righteousness, and there's justice. I'd like for you to turn to Exodus 19. Sorry, I put Exodus 12 in the, in the bulletin. That is good preparation for the Passover questions. Um, but Exodus 19. Exodus 19, Moses. Verse 3, Moses went up to God and the Lord called to him from the mountain. Verse 10, the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their garments and let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. You shall set bounds for the people all around, saying, Beware that you do not go up to the mountain or touch the border of it, for whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. No hand shall touch him, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through. Whether beast or man, he shall not live. When the ram's horn sounds a long blast, they will come up to the mountain. So Moses went down and told them to get ready. And verse 16 came about on the third day when it was morning that there were thunder and lightning flashes and a thick cloud upon the mountain and very a very loud trumpet sound so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was all in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. And its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace and the whole mountain quaked violently. And then the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. Moses spoke, and God answered him with thunder. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai, on the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. Power and justice. Now, let's turn to chapter 34. Moses, after he broke the first two tablets of the Ten Commandments, was, which was given in chapter 20, just after that chapter where we were, um, he, he prays and asked the Lord to go with them. In, in 3315 it says, uh, If your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. Uh, in verse 9, 33, 19, it says, "I myself will make all my goodness pass before you." Um, and then, in, cha- in chapter 34, verse 5, the Lord descended in the cloud. This is the same Lord that you know did the earthquake and the and the fire and and the loud sound. They got louder and louder and louder and. And now he descended in the cloud and stood there with Moses, with him, as he called upon the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness and truth. He who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity transgression and sin yet and here's the justice and righteousness he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generation moses made haste to bound low toward the earth and worship so the presence of the lord of all the earth can come down in fire and smoke and 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 power that destroys parts of the earth, or could destroy and will eventually destroy all the earth, will burn it up in his justice and his righteousness. But he also meets with, with the individual. He meets with his people, and he's compassionate. And he forgives that thing that stands between us and him, our sin, our iniquity. It's amazing. I would remind you of Elijah as well. Uh, I don't know if you want to turn to 1 Kings 19 or not. It may not be as easy to find as Exodus 19. But uh, after 1 Kings 18, when Elijah's there, you have all these prophets of Baal and Asherah. And how does the Lord answer? Fire from heaven. Not just licking up the water in the trench and this this soaked sacrifice, burning up the sacrifice, burning up the wood, burning up the stones. He's powerful. And then all this 950 prophets get killed. And then Jezebel says, you know those prophets? You're going to be just like them by this time tomorrow. And Elijah, who had seen all that, who had been intimately involved in all that power, takes off. Scared to death. Uh, I call it the Elijah principle. Uh, it, it happens to people like this. Right after a major victory, watch it and stay close to the Lord. Well, so Elijah's down in Mount Sinai. As far as I can tell, this is south. I don't believe Mount Sinai is in the Sinai Peninsula. I believe it's south, of just straight South down there, we think it's in the Sinai Peninsula, just because Helena, Constantine's mama, thought so, and she wanted to make a, a, a monastery there to honor St. Catherine. Um, but he went to, to Horeb, which I think is the same place as Sinai, as far as I can tell. But he went somewhere, and he was hiding. Uh, and This is in First Kings 19, 9 came to a cave, verse 9, he's fussing in verse 10, I've been very zealous, I alone am left and they want to kill me, verse 11, so he said, so God said, go forth and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord was passing by, and a great and strong wind was rending the mountains and breaking in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. But after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of a gentle blowing. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in a mantle in his mantle, in his cloak, and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, a voice came to him, sort of reminiscent of God speaking with Adam, What are you doing here, Elijah? Do, do you, you see, the presence of the Lord of all the earth is twofold in two major ways. He, he has the power to destroy those who take a stand against him and he also comes in gentleness and kindness for those who love him and come to him in Christ no fear no no fear at all in the junior department at, at purity presbyterian church we had a uh, had a uh, a meeting room and then you had uh, little side rooms for each one of the of the classes um, grades 4 and and five and six, and in some cases, girls and guys were in different, different rooms. Well, you started out singing. The junior hymnal was a little skinny green book like this, and, and, and the 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 hymnal hymn that I particularly remember, uh, that Mary Lee Robinson taught us as the as the leader of the junior department of Sunday school, uh, was "This is my father's world," and. um Parts of it, I think, are amazing. This is my Father's world. Oh, let me never forget that though the wrong seems all so strong, God is the ruler yet, just like this set of Psalms. This is my Father's world. Why should my heart be sad? The Lord is king. I don't even remember that part of the song. Maybe we didn't sing it. The Lord is king Let the heavens ring. God reigns. Let the earth be glad. It sounds like it's right out of Psalm 97. It's amazing. So for God's people, for the latter part of the psalm, it says, Zion heard. This and was glad. The daughters of Judah have rejoiced because of your judgments, O Lord, for you are the Lord most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. Hate evil, you who love the Lord, who preserves the soul of his godly ones. See his gentleness there. He delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Light is sown for the righteous. Our NASB puts in like seed, I think that's because they don't know, they think we probably don't know what sowing seed is all about. Light is sown for the righteous and gladness for the upright in heart. Be glad, gladness, gladness, and give thanks to his holy name. Uh, we are glad. We have come to Mount Zion, and that's what Hebrews 12 says that we've already read. We, you didn't come to worship before a mountain that's quaking, and with this voice and this trumpet that we just can't, can hardly stand, you've come to Mount Zion. You've come to the gospel. You've come, you know what happened to the sacrifice. And he lives within you. And he takes you by the hand and he protects you. The kingdom of Messiah, like the pillar of cloud and fire, has it, has its dark side toward the Egyptians, and so it has its bright side toward the Israel of God. That's the way Matthew Henry summarizes it. Verse 7, let all those be ashamed who serve graven images, who boast themselves of idols. Worship him, all you gods. In Revelation 6, they they talk about wishing the rocks would fall upon them rather than to fall into the hands of an angry God. In 1 Thessalonians 4 and 5, there's comfort for us and there's destruction for those who hold out against God. The holdouts cannot hold on to their denial of the king forever and ever and ever. Y'all have already submitted to the king, have you not? If, if you have not submitted to the king, if he's not your king, then, then, then you have no comfort waiting for you, and you have no comfort here. And Lord willing, the Lord will give you less and less comfort until you come to him as he calls you, and he will bring you to himself if he has set out to call you. And it may be through many tribulations. The day dawns, the sun rises when every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and rejoice in fear or in relief, Yahweh Malach, the Lord reigns. Malachi ends with this big division. The book of Isaiah ends with this big division. The book of Revelation ends with this big division. It's a theme that goes all the way through, and we can sing it with Psalm Ninety-seven. Revelation says, Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, so that they may have a right to the tree of life, and may enter the gates into the city. And then it says, Outside are the dogs and the sorcerers and immoral persons and murderers and idolaters and everyone who practices, loves and practices lying. But then he says, the spirit and the bride say, come. And the one who hears says, come. And so that's what I say to you, one who is thirsty, come and drink of the water of life without cost. But my application is really very simple. It's not something to do exactly, it's something to think to try to remember that that phrase in, in Psalm 97, that he is the Lord. He is the Lord over all the earth. He is the one who reigns. He is the one who rules over all the earth. So that when we invoke his presence here, When we pray and we ask God Almighty to meet with us, recognize that he is not only gentle and kind and merciful and forgiving for those who are in Christ, but that he is a judge, a righteous judge, and he will destroy all his foes at the last day. So that that has an impact on how we come to worship when when you when you sit down if you sit down and, and have the blessing in a little while at home and, and you you ask the lord to to bless this food you 're asking a, a gentle savior a shepherd to come and bless the food, but he is the king and he, he is the one who ro- rules your life and the whole World, So you're inviting power and glory and honor into your dining room table, into your, over your picnic table, out on your folding chairs in the yard, wherever it is. That anytime you pray, you're praying to a powerful, loving, heavenly Father. Son Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit who lives within you. Let's pray.